Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to AFL Nation. Gary Rowan wins it after the siren with a dead eye shot. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Ball to Springer, the magic man. He's done it again. Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He sets the chance to get through. Dante Pelly! Simply the bots! Gives it to Gord. Torment eased and a curse lifted. Melbourne Premiers in 2021. AFL Nation. Yes, good evening, everyone. Hello and welcome to AFL Nation on this Friday night with thanks to Sports Power. Get the latest Nike footy boots in store at Sports Power now. And we're heading to the nation's capital for this round six beginning AFL football. It is the Anzac weekend, of course, culminating on Monday with the big clash at the MCG between Essendon and Collingwood tonight. Two sides and probably clubs in very different positions. The Saints, after a hiccup in round one, have taken all before them. And at four and one, a well positioned for a, a push to a return to finals football for a second time under Brett Ratton. But the question remains about the quality of the teams they've beaten. None were finalists last year. Nonetheless, they have impressed most of the judges so far. And the Giants at one and four with an out-of-contract coach and Leon Cameron, who himself doesn't necessarily seem too sure if he wants the job beyond this year. But also been without the superstar Toby Green who makes his return after being a spectator through the first five weeks. What difference will he make? We have the perfect special comments team to tell you all of that. Jared Healy and Kane Corns who have taken their position in the commentary box on this Friday night, Jared. It feels like winter's it's not here yet, but the weather is changing. And suddenly we're around six, Jack. Yes, it's amazing how quickly it goes. And uh, like things can change in the blink of an eye. I saw the first game Collingwood v St Kilda. Collingwood uh, looked absolutely sensational. It was like a tornado hit Marvel Stadium. And St Kilda just weren't up for, they weren't ready for it. And yet uh, they went back. I heard uh, people ring me, coach has got to be sacked, etc., etc. And in the space of a month, they are now serious finals contenders and campaigners. So it can turn fairly quickly, particularly this first month or two months of the season. So it's always difficult to get you know, uh, too strongly in your assessments, but I think we've seen enough from St Kilda to know they've learned a lot from last year. They're now playing a, a much better style of football. Uh, they're, they're, they're fitter. There's no question about that. Some of their young blokes are starting to uh, mature, or uh, I guess no no lesser light than uh, Max King, but uh, plenty of others. And uh, you look at the Giants, and they were aside in the first, I reckon, the first four weeks of uh, footy season, which before the start and that is through the, uh, what do you call these days, the JLT Cup or the uh, Community Series. Amy, I think it is Amy these days. Is. Uh, I could have gone back and called yeah. it the, uh, the Escort Cup. Cup. Escort Cup or the Alpine Cup. They look to me as if they were a side that could have finished top four, possibly top six, and if they were playing their, their best, could challenge Melbourne. But right now they look a shadow of themselves. They look playing without spirit, without uh, flair, without speed, boring football, and they need to find their best or the season will be over, possibly even as early as tonight. Yeah, I would like to dig deep into the fortunes of both clubs and what to expect, and then extrapolate off that uh, with uh, a few of the other clubs that are perhaps in similar positions as we work our way through this first half hour. Kane, uh, evening to you. You've had another another solid old week. Hello, hello, g'day, Jared. No, great to be here on Friday Night Footy. Um, yeah, look, it's a it's an interesting matchup. I mean, St Kilda. I'm not sure. I fully believe in them yet mm. for the reasons that you've just explained, but. They're fourth for scores conceded. They're second for scores. So it's a pretty well-balanced, if you just break it down as simply as you can, they're hard to score against and they're good at scoring. They've kicked over 100 points twice this year and were pretty strong around the midfield against Gold Coast last week. But for some reason, I don't I don't believe. But from five and one, and you think they'll start favourites tonight, Jared, that you probably don't miss the finals. And that's 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 a pretty good result if you had a set at the start of the year. The Saints will play finals and be around the mark. I think it's a big challenge to go from... 
what St Kilda did last year to fully believing in them. Mm. And I preface those comments by saying in round 17 last year, working on the couch and listening to people, they didn't believe in Melbourne as mm. late as round 17 mm. last year. So these things are fluid. All you can do is, is win enough games to get in the finals, and that's where real belief comes when you start winning big finals. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good point. And someone surprises us. Every year someone mm. surprises mm. us, and you would think – they're in the best position to do that this year. I'm, I'm where we had them. All of a sudden, your, your lesser lights look really strong. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at both teams just right in front of me now, and the Giants' bottom 10 looks ordinary, yeah. like, and we can go through some of them. And all of a sudden, St Kilda's bottom 10 looks really good. I mean, a similar thing would have happened with Melbourne last year, and these players that don't have big reputations or don't have you know big accolades that have come with it start to play some really good football and fit into the team system and be really important yeah, players. That's a good point. One of the best things I've heard this year emanated from Geelong. And I th- you may have even been the person who told me, Hutto, I- I- I'm not sure, but you may well have been. And that is their philosophy this year is they want to maximise their assets and just live with their deficits or their, their uh, weaknesses. Their weaknesses. Yeah. And... To me, that's what St Kilda have done. They've found a way to make their assets work for them. Finally, they're getting something out of Brad Hill. Mm. Makes yep. them a much better club when Brad Hill is is a 20-possession, four-goal assist and a couple-goal player. And I think the problem with the Giants is they've got an asset called Lockie Whitfield who could – he's just struggling. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game when he's, when he's on song, and yet he hasn't been on song. Hasn't even been close to being on song. And yet it would appear to me that there's a, a chance for him to do exactly what Brad Hill has done. Reignite yourself. Reignite this club. Go and play in the half-forward line as a high half-forward. And let's get some movement. I mean, you've got so many midfielders and yet you're all playing sort of as if you're a shadow of yourselves. I wonder whether they do that because Isaac Cumming comes back into the side tonight and he can take the position across half-back. And does, does, Whit, does Whitfield just – I want to measure your possession centre-forward. So take, taking it back, I used to – Playing a lot of these guys or these dangerous sort of players, and when you ever played on Boomer Harvey, it was I don't care what he gets in the backup, mm. just just measure forward half. Del Santo's the same, like just a brilliant ball user, but we're not too worried if he's getting the ball back of centre. But as soon as he's kicking it inside fifty, that's when you start to worry. So these really good ball users are a little bit wasted taking kick-ins and getting 25. And it's, it's been a perennial question with the Giants, so hasn't it really under Leon Cameron? They've had all this talent. And how best to utilise yeah. them. And it, I mean, it's the same with any team. Melbourne, it was all about, you know, the role players and all that and, and you know, being team orientated. But they got that. They worked out Christian. Well, he worked out himself, but they worked out Christian Petrarca and mm. how to get the best out of him. And mm. it's easy to say that now. But to actually do that mm. is, is one of the great skills of being the coach, isn't it? Well, the Giants have never got the forward half game going. They've always been a side that's been good at stoppage and they are still good at stoppage. And they're not too bad coming from the half-back line or the back half for their goals. But they can't score on turnover. And yet, you look at the way Freo have emerged, they were exactly that profile two years ago, slightly better last year. And this year, because they've got so much speed in the front half, speed in, speed in the back half, they're now the number one pressure team and the number one turnover team in the competition. And they loom right now, without having had big scalps, as the potential side that jumps up mm. and makes a prelim final. And they're doing it with getting the best out of their assets, and they've got plenty of assets. Mm. And it's like it's exciting footy to play as well. Like it, it can be, it can be boring just defending all the time. But when you when you turn the footy over and the work you do off the ball, often it leads to quick scores, and you, you get rewarded. You think, gee, if we really bring the heat there and we're turning the footy in the front half, we're going to score pretty comfortably. But you're right. I mean, they had 14 inside 50s before they hardly scored last week against Melbourne. Um, so I, I wonder how they dissected that and. We'll speak to Damon Buchanan, I think, a little bit later on, who we, we can ask about that, what they learn out of playing against Melbourne and how they can be more efficient. Because they'll get opportunities. They're strong around the footy, as you said. Uh, they've got big bodies in the midfield and they'll win enough of the ball from centre bounce. But can they be more efficient than where they were last week? What do we read into their omissions? I thought you should be flying the uh, protestation yeah. flag. Matt DeBoer, the uh, number one go run with player uh, that they've got. He's out. He's been playing as a high half forward mm. and, and tagging on attacking defenders. So it does look as if maybe there will be a positional change. Jesse Hogan out, so are they going to play? I mean, Jesse Hogan and Toby Green are to- totally different players. 
Are they going to play a Ruckman as another target forward? Well, that's what I was thinking, but both Ruckman they've got are not natural forwards at all. So Flynn and Pruce, you'd have to look up how many career goals they've kicked, but it wouldn't be many. I'd no. be surprised if they'd kick multiple goals ever in a game, those two. So maybe they're there to provide a contest and um, cause some carnage and some chaos, but they're not going to threaten anyone down there. And, and Dougal Howard could cover off pretty nicely. That, that's the, the forward line's been an issue for them all since Jeremy Cameron has left, and that's why I thought they were, were pretty strong last year with the results that they had. Himmelberg, every time I see him play, he's, he's flashy and he does some things. You think, gee, this guy could be a really good AFL player, but he doesn't do enough, and he doesn't do it enough consistently. And that's it, really. I mean, Toby's going to be the one once again, and, and that will be what it's all about. But how's he going to hit the ground running after not playing for so long? I've always thought if if you had two or three other options, Himmelberg would be an unbelievably good centre-half back. Yep. And, you know, they're not getting enough out of him to not experiment with him at some stage down the track. But with Jesse Hogan out, Finlayson's gone to port. Mm. Um they're, gone. They're, they're, their stocks are low up in their, up in that forward line. But the one thing I do know about Himmelberg, if you get the ball in quickly, he's a good player. He's you a get, very accurate kick. Yeah, and you get him slow, it's tough. Yeah. Mm. And they're a slow ball-moving team. The only time they go quick is from a stoppage. So we'll come back to Toby and come back to Leon Cameron and his comments, which are really interesting shortly, and dig a bit deeper on the Saints. But let's just cover off... I know we're probably mm. sick black and blue with the, the talk about dissent during the week and, and the umpiring, but let's just cover it off quickly with you, your overall thoughts and where, where the issue developed and what we expect this weekend. Are we, are we just, is it going to be a bit of a non-event this weekend, do you think? I'm not sure, but I know every media outlet will be looking. Mm. All the, uh, the, prof, the broadcasters, uh, Fox will be uh, having a very close look. Every commentator at Channel 7 will be doing exactly the same. I think it's a, a problem we've created ourselves. I think the first three rounds we had it absolutely where Brad Scott and the game wanted it. And all of a sudden, because an umpire openly tells us one of the criteria for dissent, it created a bun fight. And rather than hosing that down, I think that's become that's going to be an issue because it's become school kid-like, schoolyard-like. And I often think that's a problem. We hear about these cues from the umpires, yeah. and, and then we look for them and go, well, that happened there and that didn't happen there. We'd be better off not knowing in some ways. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was so self-evident last week. Tom Hawkins on the last game, this is the, the first issue happened on Thursday night. Yep. Tom Hawkins is four days later. He gives away a 50-metre penalty for running through the protected zone. And when the 50-metre penalty comes up, what does he do? He puts his hands in the air. Now, we've had four, four days of uh, reminding everybody that hands in the air is 50-metre penalty, and at the death, the umpire didn't want to pay it. Do you know why? Because it wasn't disrespectful. Mm. And this is the issue. Brad Scott correctly said it's up to each and every umpire to decide, and that's what it should be. No cues. But then you can't – yeah, exactly. You can't no then cues. have the cues such No cues. That. Everyone knows what dissent is. And if somebody is demonstrative – Yes, exactly. Then, and they don't pay it, well, then – Brad Scott can ring up the umpire's coach and whoever that is, that nameless person who won't come on the radio shows, he can actually say, well, look, we think for the betterment of the game, you've got to pay that 50. But having a blanket, arms out, hands out, palms in the air rule, I think is childlike. Yeah, everything you just said, I completely agree with. Um, and in the end, Brad Scott has left it to the umpires, as you said, but you can't because one umpire has said, arms out 50, mate. So as soon as he said that... We're in trouble. Mm. So does that progress to shaking your head? Like, how do you pay a free kick against me? I shake my head at you. Is that 50? I mean, that's just as demonstrative as raising your arm. So I'm, I'm still really confused about it. And you take that to I, community level, and that, uh, that's a disaster. And, it, and so, so this doesn't improve relationships between players and umpires. Because if I'm a player, I'm going, well, I'm, I'm not even going to acknowledge the umps. Now, they used to come in the rooms before the game. You shake their hands. You have a laugh. You chat about anything that's been the issue of the week. And the umps are, are really good. Like, they're good people. They love their footy and they love chatting about footy. They'd be mortified by this. I reckon most of them would be mortified that they have to pay a free kick if a player raises their arms. They know what's at stake. They know it's an instant reaction. Like, I talk with my hands. As I think Robbo said that during the week on 360. He's the same. So it's instantly, oh. But it's not, you know, there's not any malice behind, behind, behind that. To progress the issue further yep. is... How hard have we made it for players? So I, I put myself in the, the player's position and interviewed Sam Mitchell the other day and he said, look, as a coach, I never want to forget how hard it is to be a player. He goes, because up from the coach's box, 
it looks so easy, yes. and it does. And, and you, this was the Paul Ruse mantra as well, wasn't it? And you see it every week, you'd, yeah. and, and you'd be like, why doesn't he kick it there? Well, yeah. maybe because we're sitting up in the grandstand and we've got a better view and we don't have someone running full speed at us and yeah. we're not, not under pressure in the scoreboard, we're not chasing the clock. So all of that. I think the AFL have forgot how hard it is or they don't know how hard it is because no one on the commission has a football background. They don't know and understand how hard it is to be a player. So to explain why, Ruck, you got to nominate. you got to put your hand up to be a Ruckman. You can't run through a protected zone. Even though I'm chasing you, Jerry, you're sprinting for a handball receive. My coach has told me to shut that down. As soon as I get there, a little bit late, 50. Okay. I'm standing on the mark. The player goes to feign a handball. I instantly go to stop him from doing it, 50. Okay. If I get the ball in the back line, I kick it 50 metres towards the boundary. Oh, that's a free kick against because I didn't do enough to keep the ball in play. Like all of these things, I can't brace for contact Mitch Robinson style because I'll cop a week. I can't do what Paddy Ryder has done even though it's a physical game. So you think about that, and I think this is really difficult, and we've made it so complicated for the players, and this is just another example of that. What, what do you think, Jared, as, as an ex-player, what Kane said to that? I think he's – I would agree with about 70% of what he said. I mean, I, I think that we've had to make things difficult for players for genuine reasons. like Because of the strategies and the coaches. And well, the more to... so for the health and safety. I mean, the concussion yeah. rule, which really sort of grew out of the head bump rule, which, um, you know, that was really challenging when the AFL brought that in. It was weakening the game, it was softening the game. And uh, I remember talking about that on radio in the early 90s. And, gee, the abuse you get for even mentioning challenging the future of the bump, it was uh, tough going. And fortunately, Choco and Adrian Anderson had the uh, both the power and the balls to put their hands up and say, no, we've got to do this. So mm. I don't have great sympathy for Paddy Ryder, but uh, I do have sympathy particularly for the feigned handball. I think that's ridiculous. And that should have been changed immediately. It's, it's now a tactic. It's a bad tactic. And I think I think what Kane is saying in general is 100%. It's, it's a tough game now. You have to be super switched on mentally to to remember all the all the little things that mm. you never had to worry about in you know decades gone by. So every time there's a long ball going inside 50, I instantly expect the umpire to blow the whistle now. And I, don't, I hate that. I, I want to see the strongest forward and the strongest back go against each other and who wins? Like who's, a, who's a good one-on-one player? But now it's, well, if the defender's got a hand on the forward's hip and he just moves it a little bit, well, that's a free kick. If he's got a hand on his side and Tom Hawkins dive, well, that's a freak. So I just think of, you know, it's really difficult. I, I just put myself in the player's position. Not that they're complaining and not that, you know, they're not... You know, they're not Pendles s- thinks they know everything well, about they, it. Well, they, that, that, they don't. That sounded like it was Brad Scott. That sounded like Brad Scott had gone on the phone to Scott and said, hey, it'd be really handy if you could just back us in here. That's what, that's what it <laughs> sounded sure like. He uh, didn't do that. Uh, oh, gee, it sounded just, like Just it. one final one. We had it a so much more simplified four or five years ago when the hands in the back was outlawed. Mm. There was no black, there was no grey area. It was hands in the back, and everybody screamed about it. But after two years, the whole world knew hands on the back, in the back is a free kick. And now we've got this total disaster. I must admit, I think they've tried to nail it a bit this year, with a couple of really notable exceptions, <laughs> mainly around Tom Hawkins. But you know, moving the player under the ball is pushing the player out. If you're in front, you're entitled to protection. You're not allowed to be pushed out. So I think we've made that more difficult for the players and for the public who, who see push-outs being paid as play on all the time. So, Jared, you love the game and you, you know more about the rules and the intricacies than most, and I listen to you speak about it. If I asked you what's holding the ball this year, would, would you – because I, I heard a crackdown on holding the ball, and from week to week I'm seeing different interpretations once again, and I'm not saying it's easy for the umpires, but – has there been any change in your mind in holding the ball from what you've seen? Because I could ask Hutto and he'll have a different opinion. Well, I think I think it's almost no prior opportunity by stealth. I mean, if you've got absolutely no prior opportunity, you get a fruit, you get a ball up. But most of the time, if there's a split second of prior opportunity, the umpires are over umpiring it in my view. I still don't know if you if you've got no prior opportunity and it's knocked out in the tackle, in my view, my understanding of the rule is it's play on. Yeah. And yet, I don't see play on pay all that often. The only problem with my the the only flaw in my position on this is I think it's a better a better game when we're paying more free kicks mm. because if we're paying more ball ups, then you get secondary stoppages, etc. So for me, if you've had prior and you attempt to get rid of it, say if I if I kick it, but I, I attempt to kick it, but I miss my my boot, that should be holding the ball. Yeah. But I think the the 
paying, well, if you've had prior, but you make an attempt and you tackle, but you don't dispose of it legally, then that's play on. I'm not sure that's correct. If you've had prior, you're tackled, and you don't execute a kick or a handball. Immediately. Immediately. That should be holding the ball. But be, yeah. at the moment, it's just if you attempt to do it, well, that's okay. There's a bit There's a bit of leniency that I thought wasn't going to be there prior to the start of the year. But I think the biggest issue is that we've cut prior opportunity so finely now. The, the gap between what is and what isn't prior opportunity is so minuscule, it's impossible for anybody to really know what is and what isn't. Prior opportunity, if you go back to, you may have even been playing, it was an Essendon versus Port Adelaide game, and I think it was an Essendon forward ran in. He had six steps. Yeah, the geese. Just the geese? <laughs> it was the geese, but that's what prior opportunity was when but, I but played. Remember, he went in and you did the oh, yes, uh, yeah. on the couch, and he's like, well, five steps is yeah, prior right. opportunity, six yeah. is not, or something like that. That's right, but there was, there was one incident. You can't remember the name of the player. I'll, I'll have to look it up when, I, uh, when we have an ad break. He ran four or five steps, got tackled on the line, got a free kick. Mm. And it was the end of prior opportunity because <laughs> there was the biggest blow-up of all time. But that's where we were at for prior opportunity. It was so significant, you knew you, you either had it or you didn't have it. Right mm. now, we're talking a split second or half a split second. Yeah. Can I, just to, And I promised we're only going to do a couple of minutes of this and move back to the footy, but here we are. We've already spent 15 minutes on it. But the sterilisation of the game, which Robbo raised and you raised to a degree about the, the, the character, losing the characters out of the game. And you know, rugby union gets brought up as, as, as the uh, example of the sport where you, know, you can't really back chat the umpires. Are we sterilising the game? How have by, we lost the characters by, by doing this? Is you can't. Well, you, who's left? Who you got left? No, no, apart from so I, I could. How do you express your character compared on the to ground? when, even twenty years ago, the the characters that we had, you know, the the fevs of the world. Like how many? Are left? Oh, I'd say Gorn and Green. Is it uh, maybe Ginevan? Is there any? Oh, I th- I think you're <laughs> underselling people. I, I mean, I don't see abusing umpires as being a character. No, but I, mean, I don't see throwing arms around as as being a character. I see him pains in the ass. Right, but I see James Sicily as a potential character that's been sterilised. Professionalism of the game has done a lot of that, though, in itself, hasn't it? And and extended media coverage. Like, so, so for example, Tom Jonas said during the week, "We will win." Yes, and I didn't like it. Why? I didn't like it because I don't think there's much to gain from him. You're sterilising characters in the well, game. This so, is the so, problem. So, so I'm so I'm part of the problem. Yeah, because well, same with Ginevan. You didn't. Li- it, he showed character, and you didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't like it, but that doesn't mean it's not good for the sport. Yeah, because because I would if if Ginevan didn't do that, I wouldn't have. I would have put, walked past him on the street and not know who he was until he played you know ten fifteen games. Now now I'm watching for him to see what he's doing. But so it doesn't mean I have to like the characters, but it's good for the sport. Like all week. Channel 7, promoing Toby Green. Yep. In a week where he's coming back from touching an umpire and costing six weeks, it's yep. all been about respecting umpires, but Toby's back's the promo. Well, why? Because he brings eyeballs. Nick Kyrgios, I don't like what he does. I can't stand the disrespect that he shows for the game, but every time he watches, I'm watching him. So I think in a year where we're... So you think the sport's better with bad guys? Not, not necessarily bad guys, interesting guys. Yeah, but like Max Gorn is but interesting. All, all theatre is better with but, bad but guys. But Max Gorn yeah. proves the point. You can have character. Yeah, but you do need bad Traditionally, in theatre or in any sort of edit, you need the bad guys. You know, Hutto, I was thinking driving in, and I was talking to somebody uh, coming home uh, down the Geelong Road only yesterday. I think the game is in the best shape it's been in in 10 years. I love the game right now. It's, it's with, with a couple of exceptions, some boring clubs, but a couple of the really boring clubs are now not boring. And, um, you know, I think the Giants have been nearly the most boring side this year. Fremantle were boring two years ago. Now they're playing great. Hawthorne have been boring. Now they're playing great. Collingwood have been boring. They're playing great. Swans were really boring for a long, long time. Now they're really exciting to watch. I, you know, I, I can hear what you're saying about individuals and characters, etc. But my view on the whole footy world is, how's the game looking? The game's in great shape. I love going to the footy again. I love going to the footy most times because I know I'm going to see more goals or at least more ball movement, which is more important than goals. So, yeah, I think we are seeing it in the oh, – I'm with you for, through the first three or four weeks, but I think we have to, we have to give it a – because gradually we see – last week we saw more, more boring games than we did, did we? previously. Name I thought, names? I thought we did. Um, 
off the top of my head. <laughs> the, the GWS Melbourne game was pretty boring. Yeah, there was definitely a few more last week. But um, hopefully tonight will be just as you suggested, Jared. And tonight's GWS game is brought to you by Bing Lee, Australia's family-owned for over 65 years. And while we're at it, a shout-out for Hyundai. Uh, the Hyundai Staria Load is the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP. And now it's yours from $47,990 drive away. You can take a tech drive today. Uh, AFL Nation, our pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. It's time to renovate. If it is, choose Beaumonts, and you'll be happy that you did. Ben McGlynn is going to join us from the Saints, so we'll find out a lot more about their brilliant form so far this year. And also we'll hear from Eamon Buchanan and the return of Toby Green. Just what can he contribute and where are they at in terms of the season? And we'll also spin off those teams. Who are the teams you're a believer in? Who have you given up on? And we'll just get a temperature check on a few of the others. Jared's loving footy. Kane, eh, not so sure. <laughs> what we'll about talk- you? I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> Back with more in a moment. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Countdown is on to the bounce of the ball. Friday night football, it's the Giants and the Saints on AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest Nike boots in-store at Sports Power now. Kane Corns, Jared Healy and Anthony Hudson. We're going to be joined by Matt Hill too to call the action. We've given Jared the flick for the, and we've brought in Matt Hill to call Friday night football. So looking forward to Matt joining us. But right now we're going to head up to Canberra and chat to the St Kilda assistant coach, Ben McGlynn, who is the reason why the Saints are playing such great footy this year. That's what he reckons anyway. Yeah, evening to you, Ben. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good evening, guys. Um, thanks for having me on. Are you the reason why the Saints are flying? <laughs> uh, no, I'd like to say so, but uh, it's all credit to the to the playing group. But um, uh, it's been a good start to the year so far, and uh, it's only early days, but um, signs are looking good. We need names, uh, Ben. Who was the person who came up with the idea to move Brad Hill to a high half forward role? Because that certainly has been a winner. Yeah, look, we we uh, we, we did it in the game against Richmond. Um, we just needed to get it. Our ball use wasn't too great, um, you know, against against them. So uh, that was a shift about halfway through the game, and that was a collective um, from the coaching group. Uh, now, come on, Ben, you've got to play the game here. It wasn't a collective <laughs> decision. Somebody, nah, nah, somebody nah. mentioned, who was the first person who said, uh, Rats, I reckon, oh, I reckon I'll, we should I'll push. Give you, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a clue. So if, if you can't move the ball out of the back line, who would like someone down there to... To run run the ball around, so it's, Corey Enright was the one that okay. uh, right. suggested it. Um, bring him up to the front of the, the play forward, yep. uh, and then work up the ground and just run around to do what he wants. So it kind of worked that game. Um, we moved Dan, Dan McKenzie behind the ball, um, who's played down back before, but he was um, a good been playing wing well for us. But moved him behind the ball, and Hilly went forward, and um, yeah, against the Hawks, we used it as well because they're a one on one defence. Um, and it was just a yeah good move that's um, been good for Hilly to change up as well. It's had a, a sort of a compounding effect too because McKenzie's form's been excellent. His uh, winning of uh, ground balls, I think, is the best in your club right now. Yes, yeah, he's had a great start to the year. Um, you know, massive engine works up and down the ground. Um, the wing rolls, especially when you're on the whip winger, it's not not a great role to run up and down. Mm. The ball doesn't come out there much, but. We value the role that they play in our, our team because it you know, sets us up defensively by getting back, um, helping out at ground ball level and also in the air, but um, also getting forward and um, closing out the oppo outlet. Um, so he, he's been in good form, as has um, Messiah and uh, Mason Wood. And Jade Gresham. Like, he's missed 26 games the last two years. I, I forgot how good a player he was, Ben. Did you? Uh, no, we always knew he, was, he had the, um, the talent. Um, it's just whether his application was something that he had to work on, um, which I guess when you're in rehab, you've got no other choice other than um, you know being diligent with your body, um, being professional um, in, in with your training. So it's been a, a blessing in disguise for for Jade to you know spend a couple of years on the sidelines and, and realise how how much he missed footy and he's applied himself really well. Um, he's come back in and the boys have been 
enjoying what he does around the footy because he's a pretty special player. You hear that from time to time. I mean, the famous one, Stevie J, where the players sat him down and said, you've, you've got to improve your professionalism. Christian Petrarca has probably spoken about that. There's many more. Gary Abler Jr. Gary Abler reports. did as well. Yep. Yep. Who who initiated this one with Jabe? Was it player-driven or was it just a moment that he woke up himself after five, six, seven years in the system? Um, I was probably player-driven. The leaders, Jaron Geary's been pretty hard on him from from day one because he really he knows what talent he's, he's got. But um, it was a player, player-driven. player The leaders sat him down, especially after uh, last year, and, and he put a big, big pre-season in. Um, but, you know, Rats, Rats has always been pretty hard on him as well in terms of um, applying himself uh, like you know, professional athletes should do. And um, he's responded, and um, I think it's, yeah, it's been great having him Around the around the middle of the ground as well, but he's spending a lot of time forward and setting up scores for us. What about Jack Higgins? Can can, can you take me inside his personality? We used to see a bubbly, <laughs> you know, a real character that was clearly popular yeah. amongst his Richmond teammates. But he was smashed after round one, and probably rightly so. Like he was poor. So to see him bounce back, and it's not the first time he's bounced back. He had the headlines last year, the Missy Higgins stuff. He, he must be a pretty strong sort of character underneath all the character that he shows from time to time. Yeah, he's he's really driven. Um, he's, he, he loves his footy. Um, he's the first up every week to do his tape. Uh, he wants he wants to see his own highlights, so that's a bit of his own hmm. his character. He, he loves he, he loves his own highlights, but uh, he's been good to the group. He's you know coming across from Richmond. Uh, you know, he, I guess he was getting a lot of the ball high, you know, getting the outlets for Richmond, and he always said he's, he's good close to goal, so he wants to play there, but. His value in the team's been, you know, up the ground, helping Dan Butler as well. Um, but yeah, you know, he's a driven, driven individual, and and what you see on the you guys on the outside is what he's like day to day. So he's pretty funny. Um, he's right into crypto, which is <laughs> extraordinary. But <laughs> uh, there's not many people understand crypto, but apparently Higo does. So um, no, nah, he's he's a, he's a ripper. The lineup for the tape is is usually long on a Monday morning for an assistant coach. For those unaware, the, the players will line up individually in your zones and yeah, watch right. it. But who are the players you have to chase? Yeah, I like, want to know who's last. Yeah, as well, who yeah. do you have to chase? <laughs> oh, it's, it's usually when you have a win they line up. But mm-hmm. um, no, look, the young guys are the ones that uh, you have to chase up a little bit because they obviously got a lot thrown at them in their first first cup, first year or so, and so just for them to get used to the schedule and the timings and. You know, they've been pulled from pillar to post with the fitness staff and massages. So the young guys are sometimes hard to get. But mm. they come up to you the day before the next game and have to do tapes. And it's like, it's a bit late now. But um, no, they're, they're, they're all pretty good. The boys, uh, you know, really enjoy learning. And, and obviously, we're taking a different approach this year with our, with our analysis of how we, we code the game. Um, so, it's, yeah, the boys are enjoying it. How are you taking a, a different approach? What's the approach compared to previous? Well, well, yeah, every every game gets kicks, marks and handballs gets coded. And um, I think we've been sitting down and just watching a five-minute or a ten-minute passage with the player and just and go through what they're thinking, the decisions they're making. Um, instead of coding every instance that they're in the game, which is a lot, um, sometimes too much information can... You know, they can get bogged down in it all. So we just try and streamline it, especially around our game plan, what we we want we value highly, which is you know, a lot of the defensive efforts. Um, but we've just been cutting it down, especially our time as well as, as coaches, because you, you move on to the oppo pretty quickly. Um, so it frees up a bit of time in our week as well, just watching five or ten minutes with a player and they talk through their decisions and what's the game's doing. They have uh, dropped a couple of tools out of their forward line, as you'd be well aware. They've uh, named it, not you can take any notice of uh, the names, but strangely enough, this one is maybe how they're going to line up. Torano, Himmelberg, Cornelio, Hill, Green and uh, Bruin, which means they're pretty small, pretty athletic and um, and potentially uh, a challenge to you guys to for the, for the match-ups. Um, yeah, look, they've obviously got a great line-up. Um, we know that, and they've, they've obviously come out during the week um, saying, saying they're under the pump, and they're going to come out and, and try and throw the first punch. But I think all our matchups, we're pretty comfortable with what we're going in with. Um, but they're, they're a dangerous forward line when they get the supply. So yep. around the ball is going to be the one 
where the game's won and lost is around the midfield and um, we were set up defensively and our forwards can play a part but if they get to buy they're going to be a, a good team like they've shown over the last few years. Just one quick one, final one for me. Tom Highmore was uh, one of your finds last year when you really didn't have too many positives and yet he's been yeah. squeezed out. Lionett's taken his spot. Now Lionett's out and he's still not in. So what does he have to do and where do you see him fitting in next? Yeah, look, it, it's, um, it's, it's, I guess it's good for us because we've got some depth in our, in our squad now and Josh Battle has probably been the one that's yep. um, taken Tom Highmore's spot. Um, he doesn't get spoken about a lot, but he's, you know, he's pretty reliable back there and the last few years we've played him forward, wing, um, but this year we just cemented him down back um, and he's, yeah, he's going really well. So he's probably taken, taken Highmore's spot with Caulfield going down early in the summer. Um, that opened up the spot for Highmore and, and lean it. Um, but yeah, this obviously Ben Patton has come back into the lineup as well, who missed all of last year. So I guess we found Tommy Highmore on the back of um, Pato going down and a few other injuries. But we've got, you know, Timmy Webster hasn't played a lot of footy, um, so he's back as well. So um, it's good depth in the back line. Ben, I know your, your area is the midfield, but what is your philosophy with matchups in defence? When you look at someone like Toby Green, now largely a lot of you guard space now and it's not one-on-one, but for a player as special as him, will you have someone set for him and, and who will it be? Let us know. <laughs> um, no, obviously play, play your area, but um, if, if Toby's high, it'll be one of Patton or Webster. Mm. And then if he goes deep, um, you know, you get your Wilkie will probably take him closer to goal. Um, so we like to you know, play our high runners up the, up the top and then the Howard, Wilkie and, and Battle of the deeper three. So, And then as the players rotate through there in the opposition, they just they get the matchups that they want. So, mm. But if he does get off the chain, um, you know, it's probably Patton will go to him and, and, and shut him down or Webby can do, do the same role. But let's hope uh, we don't have to go to that. And who do you think Lockie Ash will try and stop? Oh, I think the bloke who we spoke about earlier, um, off the, yeah, so he'll probably go to Hilly. Um, I think they'll see that as a threat from him running up and down the ground. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're prepared for that. Um, and so is Hilly. So we'll see how that pans out. And Ben, um, if one of your players would, is to put his arms out after a decision oh. goes against him this week, who would, <laughs> who would it likely be? Well, yeah, he probably won't like me saying this. It's probably our captain. Um, <laughs> He's the most passionate player and, and, and one of the most determined blokes um, I know. And he's, uh, He loves to win or hates losing, um, very competitive. So he's, uh, yeah, but we've, we've spoken about during the week. Um, it's just, you know, that's the rule being put in place. So you can't complain. You've just got to get on with it. And I've never seen an umpire change his decision. So, um, you yeah, know, we, we speak a lot about um, staying in blue and making sure that we're making good decisions. Um, and that's that's a part of it. Part of being professional is, you know, just getting on with the job and don't don't put your arms out and complain. Ben, uh, thank you so much. Some fantastic insights uh, there from you, from your position, and for Saints fans as to how you you've got to the position you are. Good luck tonight. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, guys. Ben McGlynn, St Kilda assistant coach. I think one of the better it's assistant good. coach was, interviews in a long time. I was going to say, is a lot of information that mm. was, you know, without giving too much away, but giving a great insight into, into Gresham and the way that they take their matchups, I thought it was really interesting. What we did find out is that Corey Enright didn't want Brad Hill down in his back line. He yeah, wanted him yes. up running up yeah, on yes. that forward line and all power to him because it's worked both ways. I want you to stay in the blue tonight too. Yeah, I will. Well, Jack still was one of those ones that got away with one last week. Yes. He was showing it, so that's how it goes tonight. Okay, AFL Nation will be taking your feedback all weekend on the Southern Phone open line. Switch and save with Southern Phone mobile plans. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. Time to renovate. We'll choose Beaumonts and you'll be happy you did. We'll get the other side of the camp coming up and continue to explore which teams you are a believer in and which teams you're not after the break. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Welcome back to AFL Nation for Sports Power. And you can get the latest Nike boots in store at Sports Power now. I think Kane's actually 
wearing them. Are you wearing footy boots uh, there, Kane? Oh, they look like them. They are Nike, though. Yeah. You like them? Did you I do, did you did you, you run in them run or more your no, more your no, le- leisure just, boots? Just leisure wear. Okay, very good. All right, tonight's GWS game is brought to you by Bing Lee, Australia's family owned for over sixty five years. So we've talked about the Saints and are you a believer in them? And then I'll just ask you guys about a couple of other teams as well. So are you a believer in the Saints first up for, for this but, year? But a believer at mm. what level? Well, I mean, that's up to you to define. Are you a believer that what well, we're seeing is is real and that they can go on and be a contender at whatever, maybe top four, top six, top eight? Yeah, I like what they're doing. I, I mean, I think that we've seen this before where you make finals, you come back, you get ahead of yourself over finals. What you've done doesn't work two years down the track. But you've got to have significant talent and I guess Intel to get there in the first place. Um, but I think they've worked out really well. I think they've had some organic growth and, you know, I, I think they're going to play finals footy, but I don't think they're in the hunt for the premiership not, right now. No. I think they're still... What, uh, what are they lacking to do that? Well, I think I think they're lacking, you know, overall talent. I think that they're still not quite there. I mean, you look at Melbourne, and, and it's a pretty high bar right now. It is, but sometimes, like Kane said, we look at talent in a... When we look back on talent, I can remember... Mm. People might forget this, but in the in the early two thousands to a two thousand and three and four, Geelong was seen as a good team, but mm. oh, there's no superstars. That was going around for, and it turned out that there was Ablett, there was Bartell, yeah. there was Stevie J, there was Joel Corey, Joel like, Corey, Sc- there was Corey Enright, there, there was Scarlett, like, even like players like Mackey. In, you know, in, like, yeah, in retrospect, we say there's the talents there. That's not mm, to say that you're wrong, yeah, of course. But, but well, you know, if I can see Max King. Put another two years into him, he could mm. become one of the elite players in the competition. Now, now we're seeing him improve, and we're seeing him win a couple of matches. But it's still, you know, still in and out of games. I mean, I, I think the Sinclair move has been unbelievable. Yep. I think he's one player that's gone from being, you know, a, a you know a talented but sort of in and out player that not even guaranteed a spot in the side all the time. But now he's, you know, he'd be state of, he'd be state of origin. He'd be uh, all Australian squad performance at the present time. Gresham's come back. Is their back? So is their is their backline strong enough? So if you who's their intercepting defender? So Battle has been has been good. What's and, Battle? And I really like it. I like him. But does he stack up? You know, I've got Lever and May. Yeah, he's for, not for, for he's Brisbane. Not I've and got May. he's not. I've, I've got Andrews. I've got. Adams, who is is underrated with what Marcus Adams is doing, you've got Stasevich. So if if there's one area for me, it's the key defenders, and you probably need two all Australian caliber defenders to win it. Uh, you know, I think the the winning premiership team will probably have you know at least one, probably two of those defenders in their side. So is is Howard, is Wilkie, is good 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 players, good solid players, but their key position backs okay. would, would be the one question I got. So are you a believer in Fremantle, Jared? You, you watch them and study them more than any person yeah, no, in the Eastern I'm States. I'm a believer in Fremantle, and, and I think that they're, they've been the biggest improver this year as far as um, the way they're playing. They should have made finals last year. It was only their inaccuracy in front of goal. Cost them about three spots on the ladder, and they've improved. I mean, they've got some pretty serious players out of that side right now. Griffin Lowe can't get into that side. No one has talked about Nathan Wilson. I mean, Nathan Wilson was probably in their best six players for the last few years. He's out, and I think he's out just because he can't get yeah, a spot. Yeah, he was injured, but he hasn't been able to get back in. He's an emergency, yeah. And they've got Nathan been. Five to come back into that side. And and right now, from a statistic perspective, best pressure, best turnover, differential in the competition, and Nathan Five to come back in, and very young, like super young. People spoke about uh, the Bombers being young last week. Well, they had nine players with that are 22 and under, and the Bombers had six players 22 and under. Melbourne have got eight players 22 and under as well, just to put that into perspective. So, mm. I mean, this you know this nonsense about we're young is, you know, you've got to take that with uh, a grain of salt, to be honest. But am I a believer? Once again, I think both St Kilda and Frio can play finals, can play big finals if they get it right on the time. But um, they're going to all run into one club, and that club seems at this stage a long way ahead of everyone else. Doesn't mean that they've got the premiership wrapped in the bag. We've seen that plenty of times. I remember going back to, what was it, uh, when the Crows were first flooding back and Neil Craig was the coach. That premiership was given to Adelaide yeah. about round 10. Yep. And mm. yet uh, mm. West Coast found a way. It took the whole season for someone to unravel yep. it. They handled Handball, their way through in crazy. a prelim final. Yep. And all of a sudden that rain 
sort of fell apart. Yeah. And not long after, it was, was Geelong that won, lost one game for the year, wasn't yeah. it? Though? And yeah. Hawthorne not, it, might, it might take into the last quarter of the last game of the year to do it. Like, And that's the beauty of the season. It's brilliant. Like it, It's not the EPL. You don't win it for finishing on top of the ladder. Am I a believer in Freeman? It's, mm. So it's the different issue. Like, I, I love their back line. I love Ryan, love Pierce, love Cox, love Logue. But I don't love their forward line. I, I, I think Tabernet, if he, if he's your guy... And you know we saw him kick seven, so that's a that's a yeah, good but effort. He's not, but he, is he your, is he your premiership forward? And Walters isn't flying. No. Uh, I know Switkowski is is a is rated above where most people would see him. He was uh, number one rated small forward yes. for about first three rounds. Uh, yeah. yeah, but then, but then it's you know it, it Schultz is a, is a good player. It's a bit of Frederick. It's a bit of Walters who's really battling. Um, so I'm just not convinced they, on their they forward have, line. They've added speed, though, haven't they, Absolutely. over the last couple of years, which is kind of their weapon, really, apart from the fact that they've got a – Andy Brayshaw is now a – if he's not AA, he's an A-level midfielder. They've and, also got Sarong coming Sarong. through. Mm. They've, got, uh, they've got a kid called Walker who's coming off the half-back line yep. super quick. You've got Michael Frederick in the forward line, super, super quick. Fife doesn't want to play forward. But when he comes back, he's going to have to play a large chunk forward. Well, yeah. if five plays, Mundy could go forward. Mundy's a better kick than five. Mm. He's probably the one that I would stick there to bolster their their goal kicking power. Power. All right, this is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest. We'll continue our chats about who you believe in and who you don't, and also catch up with the the Giants in a circle with Eamon Buchanan to join us as we lead into the call. Matt Hill's going to be with us as well to call the action tonight on Friday Night Football. Listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Great to have you with us on Friday Night Footy on AFL Nation for Sports Power, your local footy experts. Kane Corns, Jared Healy are our footy experts tonight. Going to be joined by Matt Hill for the call. Anthony Hudson with you as well as we. Uh, Look into the Giants uh, coaching camp with Eamon Buchanan, who's been good enough to join us. G'day, Eamon. Thanks for your time. No worries. We just uh, lost you there, but we've, we've got you, uh, thankfully. Uh, well, obviously, the season hasn't been uh, as you would have liked. Toby's back tonight. What's the, what's the week been like into what's always a, a pretty big game here up there, at, uh, up there in Canberra? Yeah, obviously a huge game for the club. Um, you know, obviously... Uh, Toby comes back in tonight, so that's a huge in, and we get a couple, couple others in Prusy and young Isaac coming off half back plate, which are both good in. So, um, yeah, huge game, and um, one one we we need to uh, get going and get a bit of form. If you had to sum up where things haven't gone to plan, what what would you what would you say? I think that you know clearly we're out of form a little bit. We have played some good, good footy in patches, and you know. Some parts of our game are intact. Like we've been good around the ball, good around the contest. Um, some of our connections have been really poor. Um, our forward line struggled a little bit to be functional at times. And, and we turned the ball over in some really bad areas, which then becomes really hard to defend. So uh, the, the, main, the main area is a little bit of that connection going forward. But... Um, you know, and then defending on the back of it. Sort of well, explain that to us, the connection. So it's the way that you're moving the ball, it's the mids and the forwards being on the same page, and, and how have you worked on that? Like, dumb it down a little bit for us. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, that ball movement, your forward connection. So, you know, mids connecting with forwards, it's about leading patterns. Um, it's about being on the same page. When you're Clearly, when you're up and running, that flows. It's one of the last kind of things that happens in footy, I reckon, one of the... It's the icing on the cake, but really important. And um, at the moment, we've just been a little bit off there. What did you learn out of the Melbourne game? Because it was it was that, wasn't it? You had your opportunities going inside fifty, but you just your inefficiency to be able to score. So, what was the review like, and what did you learn from the best team in the comp? Yeah, obviously, um, obviously, it was good to watch them in full fight last week, and they defend the ground better than you know any team in the competition at the moment. So it was good to see them first half. Uh, uh, first hand mm. um, we kind of you, you summed it up we had opportunities early and we kind of blazed away they kind of fall back their forwards have a massive work rate to get up and release their wingers and mids back to help that defence so then they can set up really assertively behind the ball um, and we found that 
fell into the trap of bombing a little bit too much and um, kick it back to them. So, um, yeah, they were, they were good to watch firsthand. And, you know, clearly when it, when it didn't go away in the third, they opened, opened us up really badly and scored heavily on us in the uh, third quarter, which um, happened really quickly. Eamon, you have the most long kicks of any side in the competition. Is that by design or run out of uh, ideas when you get locked in a boundary line? Yeah, I, I guess... Um, Part of it is with your ball, your back half form movement. You, if you get caught up, you look to uh, kick long down the line. Um, I think part part of our part of our problem at the moment is we're we're just taking that option too much, and we're not working hard enough or not connected enough as a midfield to, you know, take that ball off the line a bit more, or you know, look for a forty-five or a little bridge kick that then you can open up the ground a little bit more and be a little bit more damaging going forward with the ball. So. Yeah, clearly an area we, we've kind of identified a need to get better at. Well, one of the reasons that uh, you're not playing as well is because Lockie Whitfield's not playing anywhere near his best. Is that a is that an issue that we could see a positional change in tonight or are we just going to back Lockie in to uh, get the tsunami rolling again? Yeah, obviously Lockie's a terrific player for our club and has been for a long time and clearly he's down on his output. Um, he's been, you know, challenged with some really high working half forwards over the last few weeks. So Fremantle, their, uh, their, their small forwards work rate was unbelievable. And again, the Melbourne forwards work rate was unbelievable. So he's been dealing with that. Um, clearly for us to play our best football, um, we need him connecting. And at his best, we know he loves to run overlap and connect by lowering his eyes or, you know, doubling up and taking the ball forward. So... Um, one that we need to get going tonight. We're having bets on who Lockie Ash goes to. Who would you uh, put your money on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a few of them, mate. Yeah, I know that. We, all we want's the first name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's definitely a few inside. I mean, they've got terrific insiders. They've got a couple of big balls. They've got one that likes to shoot forward in Gresham, who's really dangerous centre forward, which we'll have to put a bit of work to. Into sorry, and obviously Hilly's going really well. He's coming up as a yep. board. I don't like Hilly. I like Gresham. Who do you reckon's going to yeah. pick the, get the money? Oh, I reckon flip a coin there, boy. Okay. <laughs> <He's> giving <laughs> us nothing. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> How do you use the ruckman that's not rucking? So Bruce and Flynn. I mean, they're not natural forwards, are they? So what what will the balance be like in the in the box? Obviously, one can go to the bench, but that can't always happen. Yeah, exactly right. Conzi, we'll have to have. Um, you know, forward playing a key deeper. Um, during we we tried a little bit through the summer of them playing um, kind of that tandem ruck forward, and both of them can catch the ball. So um, look for them to be deep at times, and all we really need them to do is play their role and bring the ball to the ground and um, give us a, a really a really strong contest there, mate. How's Leon? Leon's good, mate. Yeah, obviously. Um, you know, there's a bit of pressure on the footy club at the moment and that comes with, you know, where we are and where we sit, which is natural. Um, he, he's, a, he's a terrific coach. He's loved by his players and staff. Um, and I'm sure that um, we all get the players getting behind him tonight yeah. and put their best forward. Can you tell us what's going on with Jesse Hogan? <coughs> yeah, so... It says managed. What does that mean? Yeah, so he's, um, with his history with us so far, it's told us that, um, you know, he plays three or four games and breaks down. Yep. Um, you know, he's had calves and um, some hammy stuff. So he's played a, he's played three or four games this year and we just thought we'd uh, manage him. He was a little bit tight, had a little bit of question mark on him main training and we thought the smart thing there was just to manage him and um, get him ready to attack the rest of the year. Now, I don't want to go uh, on about this, but you are the slowest moving ball team in the competition right now. That surely can't be by design. Sorry, mate, say that again. You are the slowest ball-moving side in the competition right now. That surely can't be by design. No, not, not at all. So um, I think when you when you are a little bit out of form too, and clearly um, there's been a few form issues over the last few weeks, that's one thing that's um, really stopped up and we've been stifled a little bit. So we'll look to definitely look to move the ball and take, take it forward a bit quicker. Can I just come back to Leon? How? What would you say is his greatest strength as a coach? Uh, yeah, for Leon, he's uh, he's a really he's got a, an a enormous amount of empathy for his players. And he's um, got a 
terrific work rate. Um, he's he's a he's, like I said before, he's loved by his players and staff, um, and he sees the game really well. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to a response tonight from our footy club. And has anything has he changed anything that you've seen evolved as a coach? Yeah, I think definitely um, he's evolved over the years um, in in different areas. So um, he's coached, uh, I think he's coached nine years now, and yeah, definitely he's evolved over the years. Any chance Mummy's going to return in the next three weeks? Well, <laughs> yeah, there might be a slight. Yeah, he does. He's he's in around the office and yep. um, he's annoying people. And once he's in around annoying people, he's not far away. He's putting his name up on the magnet board. He is, mate. Yeah, he definitely is, and he's starting to do a little bit extra, a little bit extra work at training and mm. trying to throw the young ruckman around, mate. So he won't be too far away. <laughs> One of the great things about your club uh, is you've got some really outstanding young players. Tom Green is a beauty. He could be a captain of the club, I believe. In talking to one of his relatives, uh, his grandfather, it's going to be hard to move him out of North Bondi. You've got him sold, but you've you've got to put a structure around him so he can play finals. Yeah, no, absolutely. Tom's a terrific kid, obviously product of the the um, the academy here. Um, he's just a worker. Uh, he's he's one of those kids that is really driven, really hard on himself, and uh, he's having a terrific year inside. So yeah, he is. Uh, we just need to get get the right structure around him. And lastly, uh, Eamon, how would you have gone with the descent rule, both uh, oh. out on the field and maybe in the box as a coach? Yeah, no, it's obviously a hot topic tonight and uh, this year, so uh, it's just one we all we all have to um, we all have to evolve and um, do our do our best because at the end of the day, you know, you, you know, these little rules, are little um, little changes that come in, we have to adapt really quickly. And if you had two minutes tomorrow and uh, you just uh, had a walk up the road, uh, what would you say to Elbow and ScoMo? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not sure there, mate. <laughs> I don't think they are either. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that, I'll leave that one. I'll, yeah. I'll keep it to footy. Hey, <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. It's a huge night for the club. Thanks for being with us. No. No worries. Thanks, guys. Eamon Buchanan joining us, the GWS assistant coach. Just a shout-out for Hyundai, too. The Hyundai Staria Load is the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP, and now it's yours from 47,990 drive away. Take a tech drive today. What would you make of that, Jared? as far as the Giants are concerned? Oh, I think they're pretty honest with where they're at. They, they're uh, playing pretty... Average footy, that's not poor, but uh, I think their work's been okay. But they they just look a side that's not getting the best out of their assets right now. Mm. I mean, they've got a midfield of Kelly, Green, Ward, Cornelio, and you can throw two or three others in there. I mean, they've got some incredibly top-end talent, and yet they've been okay at times, and yet they haven't looked like winning. And, so, and that worries me because this time last year, they're in a similar role, but uh, they played... Terrific football in the back half of the season, yet we haven't seen them play good football once. It's hard to know, like, where they're at holistically. Like, are they, would you say that they're more rebuilding or more pushing for, if you had to go one way or the other, they're... I thought they were pushing for a top four position. Pushing, That's what I thought. But, and that can quickly flip and all it's of a an sudden you go... unbalanced list, isn't it, in a, in a couple of ways, both in terms of similarities of mids, but also just in, in where the money is. And, and uh, Yeah, and age. And like age. They, got, they got four or five players getting big money in their prime, yep. but not a lot around the periphery of that. So it's not a great spot to be in, is what I'm saying. You don't, you don't really want to be middle of the road. You want to be where Adelaide was and then yeah. come on the... Come on the up, so, so they haven't you, sort of timed it. How do you judge Leon then on his contract and whether it should be extended or not? Well, I think if they're not playing finals footy, that decision sort of makes itself. I think what we should say is that Buckley's not playing. He was a serious player for them last year. Phil Davis is out. So they've got a couple of holes in their back half. Yeah, and that's been one thing that is with a constant with Leon in trying to judge him as a coach. He has not Never. had a season, really, where they have not – even when they made the grand final, they had – Multiple injuries and blokes that limped into the grand final team, as we saw on the day. So it's it's. It, I think they should have won a flag with the with the group with the talent they've got. They should have won a flag. Yeah. But he's he's never ha- 
had a full season where mm. they haven't really Well, the been... year they should have won it, the Bulldogs won it. Yeah, they did. And Ward got knocked out in the mm. middle of the preliminary final. So that, yeah. And it potentially cost them the, the game. There's a question mark today on Pruce. I mean, he's been going to be a good player for a long, long time. And yet uh, he's mm. gone to his, what is his third club now? Yeah. He's been there for about uh, three minutes. He's been suspended twice. So he needs to basically show us that he's going to be part of the solution and not uh, can, you know, not be another problem. There's a couple of others as well. Like is is Perryman going to be a a really good all Australian caliber player? Like there's, there's you go through all of it. As I said, we've spoken about Himmelberg. How good is Taranto going to be? Because I hear a lot about him, but when's the last time he's really? impacted a game significantly. Like, so you think Tom Green will stay as a giant there, Jarek? I do. Well, I, th- I think so. I don't know so. Yeah. But from all There's reports... A lot of Richmond... Oh, look, Richmond, he'd be their number one target, yeah. without question. He's mm, that good a kid. Perfect for them. But he's also, I think, loves living in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And he, he may well love this footy club. So it's going to be, if he moves, it's a huge call either way. Yep. And, you know, you've got to be able to make it happen too. They're not going to give him away. No, certainly not. And he's a long way from free agency. All right, we'll take a break. This is AFL Nation, our pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. We've talked about teams you believe in. We'll add more to that list when we come back. But also, uh, have you given up on a couple like Canes Mob and like the Bombers? So we'll ask that question when we come back. If it's time to renovate, choose Beaumont because you'll be happy you did. That's Beaumont Tiles. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Welcome back. Yes, it is AFL Nation on this Friday night for Sports Power. Get the latest Nike footy boots in store at Sports Power now. And tonight's GWS game as the Giants take on in the nation's capital, St Kilda, is brought to you by Bingley, Australia's family-owned for over 65 years. We'll check in with some of the changes for Sunday. The Cats have got a debutant. We'll uh, have a look at that shortly. And indeed, just cast our mind to some of the big games coming up this weekend. But uh, joining us, uh, along with Kane Corns and Jared Healy, for the call tonight, it's great to have Matt Hill, Australia's premier racing caller and an outstanding footy commentator as well, I must say. Uh, He's on the big screen now at Channel 7 <laughs> as well. Is there anything he can't do? He's with us on Friday night. Nice hey, to Matty. be here, Hutto. Good to see you and boys. Looking forward to this. And nice to be tucked into a you know, commentary box with you with an overnight low in Canberra of four degrees yep. tonight. Yeah, no, it's a win. It's not four <laughs> degrees in the commentary box here, though, is it? Just quietly. Well, like 40. You in charge of climate here, Jared, or not? Uh, where's the climate sh- uh, switch? <laughs> no, you just uh, you just deal with what's put in front of you, uh, Matt, and good to see you've got that attitude, unlike some around us here. <laughs> but with the four degrees, uh, I mean, obviously it'll get a little bit greasy out there, so what sort of effect will that have tonight? Well, the side that wants the ball most generally wins uh, when it's greasy or when it's dry, so uh, I-, I don't tend to worry about it too much. I mean, you would you would think, Kane, that both sides have got plenty of ground ball players. It shouldn't uh, be a problem. It's not as if it's hailing like it has done well, up in Canberra a couple of times. And snowing, mm. indeed. Yeah, no, I think the conditions from uh, look, look pretty pretty magnificent, don't they? It'll be a bit dewy as it can be this time of year, as you say, at night time. But it'll be the, the toughest, hardest team that will get first use of it. And St Kilda were magnificent around the ball last week. Smash Gold Coast stoppage plus 14 and were able to score pretty heavily from it. So... But then the personnel that the Giants have got will give themselves an opportunity at some stage to get some momentum from the midfield. Kane, we talked about the teams we believe in. Have you given up at the other end on Port Adelaide for this year? Well, well it's going to be hard, isn't it? This goes without saying. Um, I think he's been, I think he's been harshly judged in terms of if, if you look at what's missing. Now, everyone, everyone's got players missing, but let's completely break it down. You got Dixon, who's their most important player out and doesn't look like coming back. Alir came back last week but shouldn't have played because he's that underdone. You've got the Brownlow medalist who's you know, first quarter of that game against Melbourne when not didn't play last week. Lice, it's gone, so you're playing a first game of last week. Your second best goal kicker, Fantasia, is not there. Cleary's not there for parts of it. McKenzie's not there. So it's just, it's just been one after the other and all of a sudden it's, it's broken the whole group. So for me, it's more about personnel. It's not effort. Like it, it is not effort. Even in that Melbourne game, as as bad as their strategy and their method was, they had a crack. They had a crack last week in the second half and nearly won. But do I believe in them? Not now. Not from zero and five. But they're not, I don't think they'll give up. I don't think the season's going to completely fall away for them. They were significantly better in the second half last week. Was that a turning point? Do you think? I think the moves that they made, and I think it was a a significant shift in 
what the future will look like. So Boat goes to half forward. Yeah, he, he's yeah. yeah. So Butters and Rosie just have to play on ball now. Like you saw, Conor they'd Ro- want to play on ball. Surely, I mean Butters I has been, to, but, <laughs> but uh, Rosie, I mean he's been a shadow of himself and What's kids it? around him. One he was compared to Walsh has just well, gone straight. Past Kane him. hitched his wagon to well, him it's, too. It, it's a hard spot to play. Like it's yeah, it it, like half like yeah. comparing midfielders or halfbacks to to forwards is is ridiculous. Like look at Isaac Rankin. Like he touches the ball seven times a game. Yep. Like, and we thought he was going to be every bit better than Connor Rosie or every bit as good as the best small forwards in the game. He's been nothing like that. And we're, we're season four, season five, you know, around about. So it's just a tough spot to play. That's why I've got so much admiration for the best small forwards in the game. So anyway, to answer your question, he had 10 centre-bounce attendances last year. His, uh, last week, his average was one. So he just has to play in there, and he will. You interviewed Andy McGrath on your show last night, Jared, and he was he was really interesting with the insights he's given. What does, Has he changed your view on Essendon? And, and, and do you think they can find a way back to at least challenge for an eight? Well, we don't know who's playing. We don't know whether Merritt's coming in. We don't know whether Stringer's coming in. But even if they did, I, I, I can't see them being fit enough to sort of have enough impact to sort of change the uh, the momentum. I mean, sometimes you've got to have a, a close loss before you get a win. And it, look, they may get the win against Collingwood. Who knows? But what I did feel coming out of that interview was, A, Andy McGrath is an unbelievably outstanding young bloke. He copped a... Uh, a barrage of questions from Lloydy. They were pointed questions. They were difficult questions. And he stood up, answered them absolutely brilliantly, uh, accepted most of the criticism as fair and reasonable, but defended his group when he needed to. He's only a 23-year-old. So, uh, you know, I I thought it was a really impressive performance. And I thought to myself, gee, if if everybody is as hurt by this Mm. criticism and everybody sort of – is of the same mindset, well, then they could turn around and have an upset victory because the Pies are playing much better footy than the Bombers right now. I, I listen to it. I know everything you said is spot on. And, I, you know, you've been doing it for a long time and you, you know what's a good interview and what's not. You said it's the best footy interview we've had this year. Oh, yeah, I reckon for a couple of years. For a couple of years. Yeah. And I, I wrote some down some of his quotes for that exact reason. They've challenged each other roundabouts, Jared, and correct me if I'm wrong, to be at AFL standard, though. Mm. Like, he used AFL standard. So, Well, some of this stuff last week wasn't. I know, but how does it get to that point? Like, this is... Yeah, this that's is, my question. This is, three, this is year three for Ben Rutten, essentially. And they're talking about the basics of we won't accept anything other than AFL standard. Mm. I can only assume he's talking about the effort sort of base stuff, not skill. I hear the music going, so we're out of time. We could continue <laughs> this for a while. But it was a fascinating chat. There'll be a response this week, but will there be a sustained for the next month and ongoing for well, the Well, they've already had that in round one, haven't they? That's the thing. So, and personnel's yeah. played a part. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, have a look ahead to some of the other games this weekend before we uh, take a, a final look at tonight's game between St Kilda and the Giants from Canberra. It's our pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest. Where's that music, Kate? There it is. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.